want to be. Remember, the saddest thing in life is wasted talent. So, yeah, you know, we're going to get started this week. You know, it's, it's so much in the news cycle. It's so close to the election right now. Um, it's a lot going on with sports to where it, it, it's almost I, it's almost surreal. You, you know, it, it's, it's um, every day there's something that's like almost earth shattering going on. It's, it's, it's amazing, you know, I just, I think it's because the 24 hour news cycle, I, I, I don't know, but man, you know, uh, you know, you know, this week, trying to uh, get the house together, trying to get everything going for the holidays, you know, my youngest is about to have a, a party, so, you know, we got everything uh, getting prepared or whatever, um, you know, I mean, it's 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 been business years. We're trying to gear up for the holidays and stuff like that. But uh, you know, everybody's good, everybody's healthy, and you know that's the most important thing right now. So that's that's a real huge blessing when you can you know look around and 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 your world hasn't been rocked by unemployment or whatever. You know, I'm gonna say that knock on wood a little bit. You know, things things have been going all right. The whole family's safe, and 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 that's a blessing. I hope everything is going good. You know, to all my listeners and your families you know i want to i want to give a shout out to you know everybody who's been listening all over the world like i got some of the analytics back from uh my last five podcasts and it's just amazing like you know there are people in spain listening you know i got people in canada listening right now you know people in australia great britain shout out to all of y'all man i mean shout out to i mean everybody all over the world you know i had a couple i had about like 10 or 11 countries of people listening it's just amazing how the reach of this this goes you know because this is just something that you know i wanted to do because you know i felt like there weren't enough people with a, a broader outlook on the way politics work and the world works and you know i felt i had something to offer and 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 i got involved with this and i you know i've been supported by you know some amazing people that have been supported by you know i always mention this guy but you know i, I can't not mention you know hotep jesus man you know the guy's been so gracious to me and um and i really appreciate all his help and support and wisdom you know he's a longtime friend and um you know chalamoyne i mean I mean, all, 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 all of the people, man, that have been reaching out, you know, Aunt Bailey, Rita, you know, the whole Mogul Summit, you know, everybody, Kent Rowe, everybody has been so, so helpful. And I just really wanted to thank them on air because, you know, I think that as, as, as this keeps rolling on, maybe it could turn into something special, you know, maybe it could, you know, and even if it doesn't, you know, if, if, if I can affect the way you think about all of this stuff, then I've done my job. You know what I mean? It, it, this is all about leaving the, um, that, you know, I try not to say, um, to an air, but it's also, it's, it's about leaving behind something that's tangible for people. And, 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 and I hope that we're doing that. So, you know, this week we, we, we about to jump into, you know, I wanted to start off, 
with Donald Trump and Ice Cube, there's a there's a big blowback on Twitter right now because Ice Cube decided to put out a plan for Black America. You know, I've mentioned this on a couple episodes previous to this, and he put it out there to both sides. He said, you know, what's in it for us? Pretty much paraphrasing what he said. I, you know, I think I had the audio previously, but I don't now. And I have some pre, I got some um, audio that I'm going to play after this of what Ice Cube pretty much was saying about his meeting with Donald Trump. And I'm gonna tell you, I'm here for it, man. Shout out to Hotep O'Shea. Like, I don't understand what Black America wants. What the? What do we want, yo? Like, do we want to be made to feel good? Or do we want for things to change? Because this man went and he put this plan out there months ago. The Democratic side said, we'll talk to you after the election, which in layman's terms means that, yo, man, listen, we got enough celebrities, people that's hotter than you right now, people that's out here banging a drum for us, if we get elected, you're not going to make a difference. You ain't going to move the needle. This ain't 1994. Fuck you, Cube. We're not doing nothing for y'all. We just want y'all to shuck and job and dance and tell people to vote and, you know, get Roland Martin up there. Yo, and another thing, man. Yo, Roland Martin should be ashamed of himself. This motherfucker's up here crying because people were early voting with some whack Trey songs record playing in the background man that shit seemed like like one of the, the 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 end scenes of a tyler perry movie man come on with this shit brother the fuck is wrong with you oh it's so i'm, I'm just touched everybody's getting out here and voting. the fuck out of here man man up fuck you crying for man i want to slap him in his fat meatball head man clown but anyway, let me get back. You know, he's getting me, man, this Negro's getting me upset, man. I'm sick of everybody fucking acting like a bunch of cowards, man. Yo, I know I'm not a coward, bro. I'm not a coward. I know my father wasn't a coward. My uncles, my brother, the all my friends. We not cowards. We lions, bro. You can't go on national TV crying and shit over this p politics shit. Like, yo, politics... It affects us. I'm not going to sit up here and say it doesn't. I'm not one of these ignorant people who don't think, oh, don't, I don't give a fuck. You know, I'm going to do me anyway. Yeah, it affects you. But it, it it affects you in a way where if you're not doing anything any fucking way, it, it's really, you know, it's really not going to affect you. If you're doing shit at a high level, yeah, it'll affect you. If, if, if you're in the middle class, it affects you greatly within context. You still have to build something on your own, no matter who's in office, no matter what government program there is. There has to be legwork put behind that shit. I know when I saw some of the things from the Trump plan, yeah, there's money out there, but you got to put the work in to get the money. And I ain't got no problem with that. And guess what happens? If it's a meritocracy, the cream rises to the top like everything else. And the same motherfuckers who were sitting up here complaining because Ice Cube met with Donald Trump are the same ones who are going to be saying, oh, they don't want me to be nothing. 
Oh, ain't no, it's, it, it's it, America don't care about black people. There's nothing here for me. Why don't I have nothing? Man, give me a fucking break, man. The money's out here to be gotten. You just got to figure out the, the most direct route between you and the money. That's what it's all about. And you know the most direct route to getting things to change in the political arena? Even though, hey, the political arena is always my entire life. It's never benefited me. So, you know, I'm not, you know, look, I'm the kind of person, man, I'm a glass half full kind of guy. I hope for the best, but I'm going to prepare for the worst. So no matter who gets in, I'm not expecting anything. But I'm damn sure going to put pressure on whoever gets in on this mic. I'm damn sure going to vote on based on my best interest on this mic. And I'm damn sure going to focus more on local and state elections than this presidential shit to, to a point where you won't believe. Because these are the people that you could reach out and touch. These are the people who you could really, really, really shake their chances at getting elected, even school board elections and things like that, councilmen, all of that kind of stuff, I'm in on that shit. I'm in on it all. So listen, when it comes to this Ice Cube thing, and I know I went off on a little tangent, but I tend to do that from time to time. Ice Cube is doing exactly what he should be doing. You can't have a position of bargaining power if the one side knows that you're not willing to walk away from the table and go deal with somebody else, what the fuck is wrong with people? Why would people get mad because Ice Cube is willing to sit down with somebody who's willing to hear him out? Trump was willing to hear him out. That's yo, you can say whatever you want about Trump. You can say he's this, he's that, he's a racist. At least he was willing to sit down with that man. That's more than I can say from the, for the other side. So for you to sit up here and act like, like you know, I just had a guy on Twitter say to me that, you know, why doesn't Trump sit down with a black econo economist and all of this tokenism? He's a fucking rapper. And I'm like, yo, my dude, Joe Biden sat down and had a fucking in-depth interview with Cardi B. I said that shit a month ago. This motherfucker went on the, the, the Breakfast Club and said, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. Man, get the fuck out of here. Kamala Harris is up on the Breakfast Club talking about she used to listen to Snoop Dogg and this broad is like 50-something. Get the fuck out of here, man. Get, they've been pandering the whole time. Voter left out. Uh, 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 voter beat uh, or, or miss out, which is pretty much a please don't vote for Trump commercial. Like, I spoke about this shit before. Voter left out had Michelle Obama, right? It was hosted by Kevin Hart. Then you had Will Farrell, had everybody who's popping in the rap game. Migos closed it out. And then it's supposed to be a bipartisan situation, right? But then look at the people from the Republican side who was on Voter Left Out, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Him and Trump had a knockdown drag out before Trump was even the president over The Apprentice. They hate each other. Cindy McCain, John McCain's widow, who is fucking Trump's arch nemesis. And fucking Mitt Romney. Come on, man. Give me a break. Give me a break. I'm no supporter of Trump. You know what I'm saying? I just don't think Trump is the Antichrist. I can sift through what he does wrong, in my opinion, and what he does right, in my opinion. 
I can separate the emotional part of all of this. I understand what's going on with Donald Trump. Donald Trump is in trouble. See, Trump supporters that listen to me, I have a lot of Trump supporters that listen to me, and I, and I, yo, I appreciate all of y'all, but what you guys, what I understand is, and you guys might not want to hear this, Trump is in trouble because even the way he got elected was a big math equation because the electoral college is what really gets you elected. It's which states you win. It's not, you know, how many delegates there are, how many super delegates there are. That's what gets you elected. The popular vote in large, it doesn't mean nothing, but it doesn't mean as much as that electoral college. And Trump had to win certain states to win the electoral college to lose the, the election by over 3 million votes. So for you to lose the election by 3 million votes, you have to win those states again. And the problem is, a lot of them states are where you have issues with COVID-19. Now, you have a lot of people that are like staunch Trump supporters where they don't, they don't, the whole COVID thing doesn't have a lot of credence. They don't blame Trump. They don't think that he mishandled it. They don't think it's as big of a deal as it is. They think that people are dying from other stuff and they're just trumping the numbers up. And I keep saying this, I really don't know. I don't, I don't want to sit up here and be on the wrong side of history with this shit when everything, when we all sift through the end of it. I know what my personal opinions are and a lot of that stuff I say and a lot of it I keep to myself because I really don't like to speak unless I, I have concrete proof of what I'm saying in my mind. You know what I mean? Like, that's what's important to me. I just don't want to talk out of my ass with this, with the whole COVID-19 thing. I, I, I've seen people that I've heard have died of COVID-19, people that I know, people in, you know, look, I have family members, like I said, working COVID wars, they see it every day. And this is what I'm being told, you know? So I'm not gonna poo-poo somebody who doesn't wanna wear a mask. And I'm not gonna poo-poo somebody who does wanna wear a mask and who's freaked out about it. You know, my mother happens to be really freaked out by COVID-19, it's really affecting her life. And I try to talk to her and tell her, listen, you know, but you know, it, you know, you can't really, you know that she's entitled to her opinion and the way she feels. I'm not gonna down her for it though. And I just think that, you know, what's been going on lately is, is that everybody needs for the people around them to agree with everything they say, or it's a fucking war or it's a Twitter argument. Like, I don't go back and forth with people on Twitter. Like, the one guy that I went back and forth, full disclosure, I know him. So that's the reason why I'm, I'm, I'm engaging him in that way. You know what I'm saying? We know each other. You know, we know each other for a long time, so I'll engage him. But most of the time, if you come back at me, with some nonsense, I'll just, you know, look, you're not going to get an argument with me. Not on Twitter. You know what I'm saying? Because I know you're not going to have the same energy if we face-to-face. -face. So, you know, whatever. We can have a discourse. We can have a couple of, but I'm not going to go. I don't, have, I don't have that kind of time to argue with somebody over shit like that. So getting back to this, Cube said what he said. Everybody's going crazy. And I just need to ask, like, what do we want as a people? And I said this before, what are, we, what are we looking for? Are we looking for real change, real economic empowerment and real opportunity? Or are we looking for people to get on stage and say cool shit so we can feel like they're down and continue to give us nothing? 
continue to disrespect our vote. Continue to reach out to every other community besides, you know, the black community. Is it all right for Kamala Harris to, to be racially ambiguous? Is it all right for her to, to pick and choose who and what her brand is? Is it all right for the fact that the only connection to our community she has is going to a HBCU? Is that okay? I don't know. If it's all right with y'all, it's all right with y'all. But you guys, you know, whoever is sitting here and they listening to me, they say, oh, this guy's an idiot. He's a sellout. What I always say to people that say that is eat a dick. I, yo, I know what I've been seeing. I know how this shit has been working. I know that the Democratic Party has not done shit for black folks. And it's not like I'm anti-Democrat. What I am is anti-one-sided relationships. I'm anti being taken advantage of. I'm anti being on a side of someone who does not respect me. I'm all about mutual respect and not to say that Trump respects black folks because we don't, you know, we don't know what he respects. I don't know whether he respects white folks for that. I, I, like to me, Donald Trump, and this is what I respect that part of what he's doing. Donald Trump don't respect nothing but what affects him. Donald Trump is out here trying to get back in the office. And that's why I will say to his, ponying back to what we were saying about you know his supporters, Donald Trump, first and foremost, is, is fucking thinking about number one, getting in office. So he's not trying to alienate his biggest support base. He knows his biggest support base comes from a lot of you know, uh, people who, who, who are um, from the white supremacist crowd. He knows a lot of his supporters are from there. I'm not saying that you are if you're one of his supporters. You probably aren't. You know what I'm saying? He has a lot of supporters who are just regular people who fuck with him. You know what I'm saying? But he, he does have people that, that have a fucking fucked up background who support him. So, yo, dude is a, yo, he's a slick motherfucker. He's not going to go out there and denounce nothing. But is he trying to get the black vote? Yeah, he wants to be like. Is he out there trying to get suburban women? They say suburban women hate him. He was at a rally, and I got the audio. We're going to put that up a little later. After this segment, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put up the Cube audio. We're going to uh, jump back into the Trump thing because, you know, I don't want Trump to hijack this show. We, we've been – I feel like, you know, this is the, the, you know, the Trump, the, the, the Trump talent podcast or something. I don't know. You know, it's just he's dominating the media cycle, man. So crazy. It's almost like you can't get away from this guy. But it's, it's, it's not to me what's being said. It's how it's being said. Because you can't tell me that you've heard anything that's made you feel warm and fuzzy on either side. And you know what? That's what we get. That, and it's not about the black community. This is what we get as Americans, yo. This is what we get. We're so fucking focused on fighting with each other over shit that just don't matter. Race, this, that, just 
shit that does not really in the grand scheme of things matter to everyday life like if you mind your own business and don't worry about who people are fucking and what people who people worship or worrying about what you're getting and what the next man is getting what you're not getting or whatever if if we were to focus on ourselves and our family and building and doing our own thing and doing our own thing with our family and our group around us and empowering the people around us this world will be such a better place somewhere along the line people have been brainwashed to think if your next door neighbor is getting something that you're not that somehow whatever they have is something that was owed to you and you have never sort of sweat equity these people have put in to get whatever they've got even people who get like government grants, which is not a thing. It's a thing, but it's not a thing like it was in the 90s. Like, you know, you had people getting grants to get fast food restaurants and shit like that because they were left-handed and going to college. Like, you had grants for everything. They even had these, these, these fucking people who had infomercials with these whack programs that really didn't work. Like, you know. But I digress. It's just, you know, we're not focused on what's really happening i say this every week and, and and i feel like that's my purpose that's my purpose that's what i want my purpose to be is to wake us all up like wake the fuck up yo them people that's raining these dollars down they don't rain too many because trickle down economics doesn't work you know reagan and them coined that phrase that the, look the shit hasn't worked i haven't seen it work yet those, 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 the, the wealth gap has widened exponentially. I've, I, I'll say it every week until I wake y'all up. It's widened. You have to get a piece of something out here. Even if you have a regular nine to five, there's nothing wrong with that because everybody's not built to be a mogul. But have something. Participate in this. The, participate in this capitalism before it go away. Because if you don't notice, we're trending closer and closer and closer to communism. Communism and socialism are very, very... They, communism is socialism's aggressive cousin. Watch out. You know, everybody, you know, is sitting around and they're waiting for things to happen. And, you, and like, you know, Obama said, I got to, you know, it's a great speech. We are who we are waiting for. You wait for somebody to save you, save yourself. Cause that's the only, if you, if you think whoever gets elected from Trump to Biden is going to save you. <laughs> hey man, <laughs> I, 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 I have a fucking Easter bunny to sell you. The tooth fairy is going to come and put some money into your pillow tonight. That's what the fuck's going to happen. This shit's not happening, my dude. Save yourself. Signing fam, um, y'all already know how I get down. Over the last few months, I've been really going deep into this um, political space. Um, you know, reading a lot of history, trying to understand how systems work. Um, not getting caught up in anybody's rhetoric, but looking for my damn self um, and 
just trying to figure out why we continue to you know flounder at the bottom you know what is it and what I found is that it's systems in place as we all know it ain't cause you know we ain't doing what we supposed to do as black people because of course we all can do better you know there's shit that we need to do to clean up our cells and our community but besides that shit the system is fucked up it's, it's just designed totally and not only designed but there's a dedication to keeping us at the bottom of this country um, and I don't know if we can count on any parties to get us about the shit, to be honest. Um, so we are going to have to do a lot of things different as a black community. Um, we have to pool our resources. We have to think about ourselves. You know, we love all the other races of the world, but at some point we got to figure out how do we get ahead because everybody's on top of us, but us. Um, so the nomination of Amy Coney Barrett has caused quite an uproar to the U.S. Supreme Court. You know, it, it, look, the Republicans said when Obama was trying to do the same thing when Anthony Scalia died, that, you know, uh, uh, you know, a president that's a lame duck president cannot nominate a Supreme Court justice. And now Trump and them are trying to shove this chick through, you know, with like probably, you know, another 20 days to the election. There, there are a few differences that I see, you know, one, when Obama was doing it, it was a fact that he was not going to be president again. It was a fact because that was a second term. So, that's one difference. Another difference is we all know Donald Trump and this administration, if you give them an inch, they're going to take a mile. They don't give a shit about semantics. They don't give a fuck about how it looks, how it makes people feel. They're going to do what they want to do. That's just how they do, you know, and, and, and let the chips fall where they may. This man's presidency is about his own personal edification right now. He's trying to safeguard himself between things because he's made a lot of enemies. You know, Trump's running the country like a, like a mob boss. He's trying to protect himself. You know what? I can't say I wouldn't do the same thing. I'm not going to lie. You know, a lot of people will say, no, you know, everybody has integrity until they're alone in the dark room and, and, and they have a decision to be made. Everybody's got integrity until then. But then when it's you, you chose, you choose to be underhanded, but it's in the dark. So it's okay when you do it. It's a reason why I did it. Give me a break, man. You know, dude is just not adept at hiding shit. He's not very good at it, you know. But this neither here nor there, you know. So how I feel about them shoving her through is 
I feel it matters because the Supreme Court should really be balanced. But what it makes me look at is, is that the fact that things need to change. Like, that shit shouldn't be a lifetime job. She shouldn't be in there until she's old and gray. Like, every other, every other, off, like, everything else has a, has a shelf life. Everything else, like, in today's days and times, it, sh- it, sh- it should be a term. 10 years. I mean, I don't know. But another thing is, is that people are in an uproar, but the, the proper messaging is not out there. Like, getting back to local politics, like federal circuit court judges and appeals ju- appellate judges and stuff are elected officials. And, and if things like issues like Roe versus Wade and all of that kind of stuff get shot down in a lower court, it doesn't even make it to the Supreme Court. And that's what people need to focus on. So whoever they put through there, you need to get more involved in what's going on around you and stop looking down in DC. I'm not saying you shouldn't pay attention, but your focus should be on what's closer to you. That's, that's all I got to say about that. You know, that's where your focus needs to be as a constituency, yeah, like as a country. You need, we need to start really making our world smaller. And this technology shit is great, but, it, but it's, it, it gives you a false sense of the world. It gives you a false sense of the world because you're looking out at all these different places. You're looking at everyone else that's traveling the world people doing all these amazing things you're looking you feel like you know just because you know you say some foul shit on a on a message board on a political website or a news website that your voice is being heard and it's not shit gets washed away in the wash but yet a guy can come and knock on your door and he could be the antichrist running for office in your town and you won't pay him a fucking you won't you, you won't pay him t- i mean two seconds of attention the guy could be bringing smallpox in droves and you wouldn't even know it. Oh, oh shit, honey, don't answer the door. It's that fucking guy running for town. You wouldn't even know it. You're too worried about shit that largely has already been written and decided any fucking way. Like, I just don't understand why they even have this dog and pony show where they're asking her stuff and she holds up the pad to show that she answered everything off the top of her head and how bright she is. I mean, apparently, like, we know... Listen, being a Supreme Court judge or an appellate, just being a judge on any level is not an entry-level position. Like, people that are judges and, and, and that function on that high level of, of you know, just being just being a lawyer or a judge, whatever, in, in, in the legal system, if you focus on that high of a level, you're a brilliant person. So we know that she's a brilliant person. Her ideology is what it is. That's her personal business. The only thing is, is that is her ideology going to affect how she votes or is she going to follow the rule of law? I have no problem with somebody being conservative as long as they use reality and they follow the rule of law, no matter what their beliefs is. If this is what kind of person we're dealing with, then I have no problem with her. You know, and, and, and that, that's, that's pretty much all I have to say. You know, I, I'm I'm gonna um read a little bit of her credentials of why she was picked. 
I really think the main reason why she was picked is because, you know, she, she has allegiance to, you know, the people who want to um, unravel the Affordable Health Care Act. But, uh, you know, she was um, nominated to the Seventh Circuit Court on, on May 8th, 2017. And, uh, she, you know, she was a um, professor at Notre Dame Law School. She taught civil procedure and constitutional law, statutory interpretation, um, you know, she was on Trump's list of uh, Supreme Court nominees a couple years ago. So, you know, it, it, this has been in the making, you know, but this is a highly intelligent woman. And, you know, when it comes to that, that, that end of the spectrum, I don't, I can't sit up here and profess to have support or contempt for anybody. What I have contempt for is the, the, um, them politicizing, I mean, everything to a point where they're they're just not even trying to work together like the whole purpose of the way our system works has been thrown out of the water the the republicans and the democrats are the new bloods versus the crips it's the capulets versus the montagues it's the hatfields versus the mccoys this is not a government where people come to a, um, a common accord and, and do what's right for the people. Somehow, some way it needs to get back to that though, because you know, all of this stuff is just, it's exhausting. It's like every week I get on here and, and it's Supreme Court judges, you know, whether they're gonna impeach Trump or what, yeah, Trump, 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 Trump. It's like, Jesus Christ, man. Like, let's, I mean, come on with this shit. But anyway, you know, uh, we're going to move right along here with the next segment. And uh, before we jump into the next segment, you know, I just got to play some beats, some real hip hop for you to keep y'all engaged. And we'll be right back with Ask the Pie Father. Dear Pa Father, my husband supports Donald Trump, and I find this very disturbing. I figured I'd write you and ask you how to deal with this 
because this is right up your alley. He's never affiliated himself with either political party and his views have always been a bit of a mixed bag. He's voted for both Republicans and Democrats in the past. While we're often disagreeing on political issues and other things, what I've admired about him is his ability to think critically about issues and come to his own conclusions. However, I just can't stomach his conclusion that Trump will be a qualified president and has been a qualified president. Find Trump's views repulsive. And I just can't get past the fact that all the things he said about women and how he's conducting himself, how my husband could support this guy. I think this reveals something about my husband's character that I didn't know. Also, I find it embarrassing that I'm uh, pretty open-minded about other people's beliefs, but this is just proven to be a thorn in my side. How do I get past this or do I need to get past it? Man, look, what I gotta say about this is, is that if you feel like the fact that your husband supports a political candidate can ruin your marriage, what kind of marriage do you really have? You mean to tell me that you can't find a way to, to agree to disagree? Like, for real, it's really... Prudence, what I tell you is, is this. You know, I hope that you have a good life. Hope that your husband is a good man. I hope he treats you well. I hope you guys are successful. And I hope that your life is fulfilled by more than political dogma. This stuff, at the end of the day, matters in your daily basis, is, is Donald Trump jumping out of a closet and scaring you? Is he knocking your fucking cereal bowl over when you walk to the kitchen? Is, is he coming and peeing on the toilet seat? No. But that man that supports him is in your bedroom and you married him because there's something redeeming about him that you must have loved. So if it takes this little to unravel your marriage, I think that you need to really recalibrate why you got married. And I think that you need to sit down and hear him out and understand why he's voting that way and why he supports him. And you can have a little social discord with him. And then what I would do is, is that I would agree to disagree because no matter what, whether he gets reelected, whether he doesn't get reelected, eventually all this shit will be over. And God willing, you'll still be alive and he'll still be alive and you'll still be healthy and you guys should still be married. But what you need to do, from my opinion, is, is leave politics out of your marriage. When you go into the booth and you vote or you mail your mail-in ballot in this election cycle in a few days, you vote for who you want to support. That's your right. And let that man do the same thing. And my advice to both of you is, is if you guys can't talk about politics in a constructive manner, don't. And that's all I got for you. Uh, I, hope, I hope that was a help to you. Listen, anybody who wants to be on Ask the Podfather, email me at wastedtalent707 at gmail.com. We'll get you up on the air. If you don't want your real name read, I'll make a name up for you. But, uh, you know... That concludes Ask the Power Father for this week. Uh, we're going to get back into Nancy Pelosi uh, and Wolf Blitzer getting into a little mix-up. Stay tuned.
Let me ask you, when answer was the last time, Madam question. Speaker, when was the last time you spoke with the president? It's not everything you yeah, want, but, you know but what? there's you, a lot okay. there. Honest to God, you really, uh, I can't get over it, because Andrew Yang, he's lovely. Rokana, he's lovely. They are not negotiating this situation. They have no idea of the particulars. They have no idea of what the language is here. I didn't come over here to have you—so you're the apologist for the Obama—excuse me. God forbid. Madam, Madam Speaker, I'm, God I'm not an apologist. Obama. I'm asking you but serious questions because so many people are I'm in desperate you need we, right now. Let me yeah. ask you this. Okay. When was the last time— Let me, you, let me respond well, to you. Let me you ask you, when was the last time, Madam question. Speaker, when was the last time you spoke with the president about this? I don't speak with the president. Speak Why with not? his, Why his not representative. Call Why not call him and say, Mr. President, let's work out a deal. It's not going to be everything you want, not going to be everything I want, but there are so many Americans right now who are in desperate need. Let's make a deal. What makes me amused, if it weren't so sad, is how you all think that you know more about the suffering of the American people than those of us who are elected by them to represent them at that table. Uh, it is unfortunate that we do not have shared values with this White House and that they have in their bill, why don't you talk about in their bill, a tax break for the wealthiest families in the country while they cut out the earned income tax credit for the poorest families in our country and the poorest children in our country. Uh, that we have to fight with them to get them to address the coronavirus crisis because they have said it was a hoax, it was magical, it's a miracle, it's going to cure it. It hasn't. And that's why we find ourselves in this situation. I feel very confident about the knowledge that I bring to this, but more importantly, the knowledge that my chairs, our chairs of jurisdiction, science-based, academically uh, documented, institutionally uh, suggested in terms of what the cost would be to do it and to do it that way. But and about safe, we talk about uh, child care, yes. We talk about safety in the workplace. Safety in the workplace, that's a very important issue, especially in the time of the pandemic. So what I say to those people is, we're going to get a deal. And when we do, it will be retroactive. It will be retroactive. Here's, a, here's what you wrote in a letter to House Democrats, Madam Speaker. And I ask these questions only, as you know, so many millions of Americans are suffering right now. Well, you right quote now. two people who know nothing about the agreement. Well, or not, there is no agreement. But what the suggestions are, as if there's some authority on the subject. Please, uh, give uh, equal weight to... Yeah, that was the, the audio from uh, Wolf Blitz's exchange with Nancy Pelosi. It was real, real eye-opening. You know, see, the, the, the thing is, I, you know, I, I don't know what's in everybody's bill, the, the stimulus package. But what I know is that people are hurting and they need to take the politics out of these bills. I don't understand why every time something happens, both political sides of the party have to try to shove through shit that just has nothing to do with the problem. And what I've come to realize is, is that, yo, they're not trying to solve the problem. They're trying to shut everybody up. A lot of the problems that we have in America now could have been solved, I mean, 30, 40 years ago. Like, we've split an atom. We've put a man on the moon. You know, <laughs> we've cloned the sheep. I, I mean, I... 
I can think of, I mean, we've split conjoined twins in this country. We've come up with PlayStation 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. We figured out who shot JR. Ross and Rachel finally got married. I mean, let me think of some, some things. I mean, Negro Domus has been found. Dave Chappelle's come out of fucking retirement. Thank God. Bill Burr got on Saturday Night Live finally. He rocked it, and it was he was hilarious, by the way, too. You need to check that out. You know, I might I, I, I might put up a little audio from that shit. That was hilarious. But I digress. And you mean to tell me that we can't solve some of the problems, all of the, the imaginary money they print up, all of the money they give to the Ukraine and Israel and all of these different countries. They, they got money in the Middle East and Saudi Arabia and they're financing this and that. And you mean to tell me that a lot of the problems we have in this country just can't be just solved? They can't really sit down with all of the supposed smart people who are on, who are on the Congress and the Senate and, and local, like, you mean to tell me that they can't come to a common accord? They can't find out a way to help people who are suffering from the coronavirus. They can't find a way to help small business owners who fucking lost their businesses. They can't find a way to help out people who are in danger of losing their homes. They can't find a way to help out medium-sized companies who employ a lot of people, keep the doors open. They can't find out a way to, to try to come to a common accord with this fucking... COVID-19 situation, how we're going to move forward as a country. You mean to tell me they really can't? It's that impossible? But we can do all of these other things? I mean, things that I haven't even named. They, can, they have deep fake technology where they can take your face and put it on someone else's body. They have, I mean, all, I mean, just all kinds of shit. The thing is, is that I've just come to realize, and I've always realized this, they are not trying to solve your problems. All these politicians just want what they want. They want to get in there and they want to support their real constituents, the people who donate to their campaigns in large, large dollars, the people who have more speed dial. They're trying to line their pockets and they're trying to stay in office. And they do things on the surface and they pull these talking points up to make you think that they're on your side and they're not. Neither one of them on your side. They don't give a shit about us. They don't care if this country burns to the ground. You have one side who is trying to push, you know, taking away the earned income credit from low-income people who barely fucking, you know, people that make like under 10 grand and they get their little two Gs for you know, income tax, and you know what, man? That shit is, is a big help. It's a big help for them. Then you have the Democratic side trying to push all of this other nonsense through and Nancy Pelosi's you know, issue with Donald Trump, and she's trying to draft the order to have him removed from office and all of this bullshit. Like, listen, man, focus on doing your job. Getting the stimulus, but you know what I would like for them to do if they really care and they really wanted the American people to be tuned into this shit? Why don't the Republicans, like they post everything else they post, they have all these fucking campaign 
videos and they have all of these nonsense and all these smear tactics. How about you post your plan, Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell? Why don't you post your plan and let the American people decide which one's the best one? And somewhere along the line, we're all not going to be lock and step because everybody got a different station that they're in in life. Like, you know, so people look at things from, you know, we can all look at the same picture and see two totally different things, right? It's like, it's like when you, you know, you used to play telephone in school and the teacher have you say one thing to somebody and repeat it and see how many times it gets for the message to get distorted. But I think the public should know what's in these bills. And it should be posted, it should be common knowledge. It shouldn't be all of this bullshit. And the funny thing is, is that once you do that, I'm sure the people can say, listen, take this out, keep that, leave this, leave that. Okay, everybody shake on it and let's move forward. But it's not about helping you. It's not about you ever getting that money. Whoever needs it. It's not about that. They don't care. They always think that they can keep whipping this old mule called America. They're going to whip it and whip it and whip it until this country dies. Because without a middle class, what you have is you have communism. Capitalism doesn't work if it's not built on a strong foundation and the foundation of a capitalist society is is skilled and unskilled workers who are earning a living wage who are self-sufficient and not draining on the system and giving back to the system bartering goods and services this is what this country is built on it's not built from for eight people to have the same amount of money as the rest of the people in the world it's not built on building and destroying over and over again. There have to be some things that are staples. There got to be some things that are that that sustain in this country. And I think they've lost sight of that. They've definitely lost sight of it. And I'm telling you right now, if we don't do a huge shift in the way this train is rolling, man, there might not be much to fight over. Netflix chief, chief executive, you know, I want to get into this. Uh, Netflix chief executive Ted Sardinos is not entertaining any backlash to the controversial French film Cuties, which, you know, many detractors and, and myself have accused this movie of sexualizing young girls. You know, dude appeared at a Monday's uh, virtual Mayapcon Maya uh, marketing event. Sardinos reportedly defended the award-winning debut film of an 11-year-old Senegalese immigrant in France who rebels against her conservative family values and join a free-spirited dance crew. This guy says, it's a little surprising in 2020 America that we're having discussions about censoring storytelling. This, so this is what this man calls this. Sardinol said to Deadline, it's a film that is very misunderstood with some audiences, uniquely within the United States. The film speaks for itself as a very personal coming of age story. And this director of the story in the film has obviously play, um, played very well at Sundance without any controversy, played at theaters throughout Europe without any controversy. Listen, the copy and the explanation of the movie was borderline pornographic. The way that they had these little girls in the front of this damn you know, advertisement, 
it was like they were trying to sexualize minors. And there's no way that they're going to tr- use this social engineering engine to fucking normalize this over-sexualization of minors and children, especially young girls. I'm not standing for it. I'm not falling for the banana in the tailpipe. That he could say whatever he wants, but this is the reason why this country is going to hell in a handbasket because of perverts and high places that are in control of different media factions that are trying to over-sexualize and exploit our young children. Keep your eye on these fucking people. I'm going to curse because I, you know, it, it bothers me because I have two children of my own that are young girls. And I, I, you know what? I'm not falling for it. I'm not having it condemn this stuff yo complain panic keep doing what we doing we cannot sit back and allow the soul of our youth to be taken by perverts and you know i'm not calling him a pervert you know allegedly pervert you know hey we gotta we gotta be legal right but fuck that guys condemn this i know i'm not crazy you know you're not crazy we know what we're looking at and that shit is wrong Wrong, wrong, wrong. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Y'all pay attention, though. Pay attention to these people out here trying to turn this weirdo shit with kids into normal behavior. This is not normal. It's not right. It's not morally right. It's just wrong all the way around. I don't give a shit. Any exploitation of children is fucking wrong, and I condemn it, and I support everybody that's out there that's trying to fight against you know child trafficking sex trafficking the exploitation of women the exploitation of children period yeah but you know what yo we're gonna get into some more about you know this in the coming weeks because this is something that i'm passionate about i'm passionate about stopping this shit you know the reason why I call myself and everyone else calls me now the pod father is because yo, I'm a father first. You know what I mean? I'm trying to I'm 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 trying to let people understand that. That's the that's the basis and the foundation of of me as a man, is me being a dad. And listen, you know, when it comes to how my school of thought is built, the foundation of that is reason. Use reason, everybody. Stop letting everybody come in. I'm not saying, you know, this is happening with everyone. You know, I don't want to make assumptions. But stop letting people tell you that, you know, up is down and left is right. You know better. Use your brain. You know something's wrong. Don't let the masses influence you to a point where you just go along with the herd, man. This shit is not right, man. You know? That's all I'm going to say about this for this week, you know? So, you know, I had a good friend of mine put me on to um thing, you know, because you got different sectors in Twitter. You know, Twitter's real, real strange where, you know, you got like money Twitter, you got fitness Twitter, you got black Twitter, you got MAGA Twitter, you got left-wing Twitter. You got literary Twitter. I mean, you got all different kind of, it's, it's kind of like, you know, whatever you, whatever floats your boat, you can find your tribe on Twitter. That's what makes it kind of dope. But, you know, they have this thing called um, 
these 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 women are called the divesters where they're very very down on uh, black men and it's they're about you know dating outside of their race and you know that's cool whatever you know i don't i don't really uh judge them for for their preference you know thing is is that they get on and they say real nasty things about you know black men and I've been reaching out to a few of them, and we're gonna have a little discourse on here about that. I, I just want you guys to know, please email me at uh, wastedtalent707 at gmail.com and let me know your opinion on whether, you know, we should go forward with this because I feel like it's an important conversation to have, you know. It's been this war being stoked on social media between black men and black women, and I need it to stop. Look, I don't know if my little corner of the world's gonna make a difference, but God damn it, I'm going to try to make a difference. And I feel like we need to come together as a unit. You know, and I ain't talking about no other. I'm talking about my people. You know what I mean? Like my brand, the race that I come from. And that's no disrespect to nobody else as another race. And I feel like this is something that I need to to try to take on. You know, and whatever little influence I have, I'm going to use it to try to mend the fences between black men and black women because I'm a product of, a, of, of, of black love, you know? My children are a product of that. I think we need to preserve that going forward. It's important. Uh, but, you know, we're gonna get into a little sports right now. Uh, the Los Angeles Lakers won game six of the NBA Finals for LeBron James and the gang to for him to win his fourth title and the Lakers to win their first title in phew, 10 years. Uh, LeBron James may not be the greatest basketball player of all time. People give that to Michael Jordan. I mean, for me, I think it's still up for debate, you know, because he's done a few things that Mike's never done. You know, Mike's done a lot of stuff that LeBron's never done, maybe never will. You know, I, I tend to, to, to judge in errors. I don't really think there is a greatest player of all time. But what he did was no le- nothing less than amazing. I got to give him his credit, man. I got to give Bron his credit, man. Bron and the Lakers and being in the bubble and winning the championship, man, and not being able to see your family and not being able to unwind. This was a tough, hard for a championship. And then the NBA did a hell of a job because they had no positive COVID cases, so they say. So, you know, shout out to the Los Angeles Lakers, man, for, for that win over the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat with game. Jimmy Buckets, Jimmy Butler, played lights out. Feel like, you know, the other uh, pieces on the team, like Bam out of Bayou, kind of failed Jimmy. They didn't play well at all. Duncan Robinson played out of his mind. Tyler Hero played well the first game or two, but then he fell off because he's a rookie. and He was bogged down with the task of trying to guard LeBron. And, it, you know, he, I think he got beat up a little bit and got tired. Him and Duncan Robinson tried to slow. They had everybody trying to slow LeBron down. They really couldn't. And AD was killing them, Anthony Davis. But, you know, I give them credit being one of the first fifth seeds I, in memory I can remember to get all the way to the finals and, and get over the hump and play the Lakers. So, you know, at this point now, you know, LeBron James, four championships and counting. You know, he might not be the greatest basketball player of all time yet, but I get, I tell you what, man, he is the greatest foundational piece in team sports history. You put him with a bad coach, doesn't matter, he get to the finals. 
put him with a with a with a with a, with a shoot first point guard. Doesn't matter. He gonna get to the finals. Put him with another wing superstar. Doesn't matter. He gonna get to the finals. Put him with a with a talented big man. Doesn't matter. He'll get to the finals. I watched this man drag Sasha Vujacic and <laughs> Sasha Pavlovich and Daniel Booby Gibson to the finals, man. What he's done is nothing short of amazing. He's been in the final 10 times like Bill Russell and shit in today's NBA. It's amazing. Amazing. So shout out to Bron. And getting into the National Football League, not going to go through the whole league. I'm going to talk about what matters to me, and that is my Las Vegas Raiders. And my Las Vegas Raiders played the best game I've seen them play in a long-ass time, beating the Kansas City Chiefs 40-32. Derek Carr looked lights out. Threw three touchdowns, had one interception. He outdueled the great Patrick Mahomes, and things are looking up. The Raiders have a bye week coming up, and they'll be playing on the 25th of October, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady. Hopefully we can get that W, try to get into the playoffs. They get grew off the snide. The, the, the one thing that I noticed about the Raiders is, is that this is the first time that Trent Brown has been healthy, Henry Ruggs has been healthy, and we've had pretty much our starting offense, and we exploded. And I hope that it continues this season because, I, you know, NFL is more fun when the Raiders are in it. It should be for real. Hopefully they get a little nasty again too. You know, that's why I was always a Raider fan. You know, I, I, I need my football team, you know, to hit people after the whistle blows. But that's just me. <laughs> right? But, um, you know, the New York Yankees – getting into baseball, were knocked out of the playoffs. And, you know, what it shows you is, is that you got a high pay role as you want. If you're not putting the right pieces together and you're not pushing those buttons right, you're not going to get the desired result. Everybody talked about how the Houston Astros cheated and how they, they should have an asterisk next to their World Series, and they're still in the playoffs right now. So I guess stick it out of your ass, right? Look, sports teams, if they can cheat, they will. I'm not under the illusion that they don't. The Astros were just the ones who got caught. But you know, that's enough for sports. I mean, we, you know, the Waste of Talent podcast, we, we, we're, we're starting to trend in the direction where we're going to go more sports. We're going to get back into the entertainment. The entertainment and sports and politics kind of have intertwined. I said this before, but we're going to get more regimented with that. I'm just letting you guys know. But... Like I said before, we're developing an all-sports podcast. I hope a lot of my listeners that are into sports will transition to us. We're going to be on another day of the week. We're trying to get out. Hey, man, we're trying to dominate a little bit of time, you know, a couple of times a week for you. But, you know, getting back to the ranch, the Wasted Talent Podcast would like to thank all of you all over the world for your support. You know, the analytics that I got today just floored me. And I'm humbled for your support. I hope that this is an easy listen. I hope that you keep supporting. Share it with a friend. Follow me on Twitter, at PodWasted, at Twitter.com. You want to see the Wasted Talent Insignia. And, y'all, I thank y'all, man. We're going to get back into it next week. And, uh, Man, look, we're going to keep this train rolling, y'all. Waste of talent. I'm out.